Spewing. Hello and welcome to another episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Guys, a family reunion has happened. With the group, I'm here with Baron, Barnabas, Gorgonbort, Morvan, and also Rengar, and one extra. He found his brother. Yeah. Yeah, he found his brother. All right, you guys have just left Cadmia and Undercliff. You had a little bit of an encounter with some Noli boys, and you reunited with Braxton, who gave you some devices to help you navigate the dry expanse. After a small conversation, you decided that um, he's going to come with you while you travel to the Sky Spire, and that's where we left off. It is the morning of travel. As you wake up, the temperature is mild. As you look towards the sky, it seems to be a clear day. and The trees are rustling with a light breeze. You hear the stompings of somebody moving around your camp, packing it up, and you hear the annoying rumbles of the donkey and pack horse that you have decided to buy to take your provisions with you. As you all roll up your sleeping bags and get ready to travel, is there anything you guys would like to do? I just uh, to, to Braxton and say, are you ready for an adventure, little brother? My life is an adventure. This will just be another chapter. Excellent. It'll be good to have one with you, though. It's been a long time. Very long time. I look to Barnabas and say, um, we're probably not going to be able to get any uh, mead anytime soon. <laughs> uh, That's give me a wink. Some of those... Uh, some of those- Flasks are full of mead, so we should be right. All right. <laughs> well, it doesn't spoil. So. <laughs> All right. As you are beginning to pack the donkey, you guys move along the trade roads. Braxton says to you, Skyspire is about a day's travel whilst riding on foot and with me. You'll probably get there as night falls. He looks at you all and you begin heading off. As you walk through the landscape, you're mostly riding and heading towards uh, a westerly, sorry, easterly direction. And as you begin walking east, you can see that the smattering of foliage begins to thin out and you start to hit this savanna sort of grasslanded area. As you begin walking along the trade roads, you can see that it is vastly open. You can see rocky spires just sort of throughout the area as well. And it starts to get a little bit drier as well as you begin moving further and further east. Up in the distance, you can all see what looks like two speckles which are darkened in the distance, which you can see are probably humanoid size. And as you get closer and closer, you can see that it is in fact two humanoids, highly armoured, but you can see that they're sort of kneeling at the side of the road. As you begin passing by and you pass them, you can see that it appears to be two soldiers just sort of looking at this sword that's stabbed into the ground. Braxton looks to you, Rangar, and says, Honouring a fallen brother. As you begin walking past, you can see that the armour that they're wearing seems to denote green robes. And for those of you that, actually all of you were in capital, you guys remember that this was the uniform of the Capitolian soldiers as part of the Territories War. You can see most of them look pretty shabby as well. You can also see that there is a green sash tied to the sword that's billowing in the wind. He looks to you as well as you pass by out of their earshot and says, Most likely deserters. The Empire isn't doing too well in the war. The territories are 
while they're shrinking. Cadmia will be next. Her Ecclesians march. Not going to be long before they suffer a collapse as well. You begin heading further and further to the east and eventually you start to get into sandy sort of territory and you begin making the journey south. As you pass by this large rock face and begin turning southward, it's sort of beginning to be the afternoon. The donkey keeping pace with you too. As you begin walking, you can feel the air getting a little bit more humid and you can see that the earth changes from a grassy sort of feature to a more sandy sort of feature as you begin moving in this manner. As night begins to fall, in the distance over and past a sand dune, you can see a small uh, light which gets bigger and bigger as you begin moving towards it. And you can see that it is the inner light of a building that seems to be illuminated. You can see to the left of that there appears to be quite a few different pieces of foliage that seem to speckle the dune. And you can see as you're out in this area and there is very little city light, you guys see the stars come out for the first time in a long time and it is really really beautiful you can see that that galaxy like spans ahead of you more stars than you guys have seen in a long time being as part of the city for so long as you begin moving through and getting closer and closer to the city you can hear the faint sound of music i say city but when you approach you can see that it's really just a few buildings and some tents as you approach however one thing sticks out to you guys the most and Braxton points it out. He doesn't say anything, but he points it out all the same. You can see these two rocky spires that seem to protrude up and past the clouds. As you look at them, they seem to be very straight in their, na- in their nature. Almost as if two swords had been stabbed into the ground, except these swords are absolutely massive. You can see the jagged edgings of them as you approach closer in the backlit moonlight. You can see that the rocky edifice seems to give the name of the place you're approaching the sky spire. You begin moving forward. You can hear music and light coming from what looks like the largest building in the settlement, the settlement being quite small as well. Opposite that, you can see another building that seems to be dimly lit, but in that building as you approach, you can see the rowdy behaviour of camels and you see three goblins that seem to be sort of like manoeuvring these camels into their pens where they need to go. You see one of them also hefting these carts of hay into the stables to try and ready them for the night. In the centre of these two buildings, you can see a deep well that seems to be dug in the sandy ground. And you can see that that seems to house what looks like the town's water supply or this small settlement's water supply. You can see it's defended by two walls and there's one person standing there that seems to be almost like on guard or watching. Behind these buildings, you can see the dunes that have foliage uh, upon them and a, ver- a vast smattering of tents that seem to house the different occupants of the Sky Spire. Here on the opposite side of this town, as you look through, your eyes cannot help but be drawn to these large structures. Getting close to them, you can see that they're sort of... They look like rocky, rocky obelisks almost. And in between them, you can see the beginning of a large ravine that seems to go out into the distance as far as the eye can see. What would you like to do? Does this mark the the start of the the dry expanse? To your knowledge, Braxton, the spires. Well, according to the map that I gave you, the sky spire 
is the safest route into the dry expanse. We don't really hit the dry expanse until we pass the humanoid territory and enter the the realm of the beasts. You can really enter from anywhere, but keeping in this ravine, you're out of the eyeshot of many of the large beasts that dwell. What are, what do we make out building-wise as we enter as well? Like, is there a town hall? Is it just like... It's just these tents, just isn't these it? Yeah. Outlying. Yep. As you look towards your left as you enter, you can see that most of the uh, buildings, you might say, are hide tents, and there's probably five or six of those, but there's also some stalls that look like during the daytime hours they might hold some small amounts of goods. And you you said it was goblins that were putting there, is that what you said? Yep. Yep. As you look beyond the water uh, pit, yeah. uh, basically you can see in the the building opposite that, that's one of two structures in this whole settlement, and you can see it's made of stone, brick, and wood, and you can see that there appears to be about six or seven camels that these goblins are just sort of wrangling, and you can see them sort of like stacking themselves on top of each other to close a door, and then you watch as they scamper off to another side, and you watch as they pull and heave this hay bag over towards another and sort of swing it into one of the pens, and they seem to be working like a well-oiled machine. Okay. Are they... Um, are they seeing us? Do they know that we're that we're here? Is it not really? Okay. Um, as you look around, the building that draws your eye the most is probably the largest building in this settlement, and you can see that it is made of stone as well. But there seems to be these arcing tents that seem to encompass some of the roofings, uh, made of canvas or material or hide. You're not too sure, but they're billowing in the wind, and you can see various different shades of light protruding from that uh, firelight, but also like this jade and uh, pink light and there's music coming from in there too. You, that's you, the hub. Yeah, you probably place. think that's like an inn or something like that. Well, I'd, I'd like to go have a look in this inn, I think, before we go in, talk talk See to someone else. I'm getting uh, knowledge of things that are yeah, going on and what. anyone in these tents don't, that they, they don't want to talk, I'd rather things go in there. to watch out for. <laughs> Has there been any big beasties? Anyone seen this? Uh, Arcanus. Yeah, definitely. So as you guys begin to enter... Are you all going into this area? Yep. 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 All right. Uh, You can see that there is, from what you've gathered, as you pass the the tent expanse of, say, five or six tents on your left, you can see most people are sort of bedding down for the night. They have their own personal fires. You can see a tabaxi man sort of sitting cross-legged, and he seems very, very old. And there's a human man that seems to be tending the camp around him. You can see some other humanoids as well just sort of making, making a living and bedding down for the evening. They seem to rise and fall with the sun. Uh, you watch as a gentleman passes in front of you and walks into the inn as well and he just gives you a nod as he walks in and pulls the curtain and beads to the side. And as you guys enter as well, tying the donkey to a hitching post at the front, uh, the first thing that you can see is a smattering of tables, a stone floor, and you can see that there is a bar towards the, the, the back end of the building. You can see that in the corner there seems to be a raised platform and on that platform, you can see this uh, blue-skinned woman that seems to have this short bob cut of hair. You can see that she's wearing this cloth-like garb and she seems to be dancing to the music as various... There's probably only about four people in here, but you can see different uh, humanoids and one uh, loxodon female sitting at one of the tables. You can also see a gentleman behind the bar who is uh, serving drinks, but you can also see that he's sort of talking to one of the patrons that seem to be at the other end of the bar as well. You can see that the lights in this area are almost like arcanely lit and there's a very strong scent of incense. I'll give uh, Barnabas a little nudge as we enter the door and <clears throat> point towards the Loxodon female and say, your type? They're all my type. 
(laughs) (laughs) I will make my way to the bar as usual. Um, But with the intention, uh, I want to get there and ask for a mead. I'm going to ask him, what's keeping everyone here? What what do what do people working here do? Like who, who? What's the character of people you see come through? Why is there this sort of township right on the edge of uh, such a dangerous place? It's a lot of questions coming from a strange face. Yep, I gave you gold, didn't I, for the beer? As he for takes the, it, he looks at you and he says, "I give him one gold instead of whatever it costs." He'll take it and he says, "A generous stranger. My name is Raja. I run this place. It is called the Dry Spell." And it is the last place of refuge before the dry expanse. We cater to many. We cater to those who are running from something. We cater to those who want to explore parts of the dry expanse to try and pilfer its riches from legends foretold. We have many here and all are welcome. Are people usually um, coming or going? And once they go... Do you see them come back? On occasion, they come back, but always worse than they left. You always leave the Sky Spire with a warning. But sometimes, we don't see those people anymore. Whether they come back or they found their riches and spend it elsewhere. I do not like to presume their fate, but... The dangerous world out there. Hmm. My friends may have some questions to do with the uh, pretty lights and arcane-ish sort of thing going on. All part of the decorum. I'm glad you like it. Tell me, where are you from? Going into into there for uh, into the uh, dry expanse for reasons that uh, I'll keep to myself at the moment. Your no, privacy is respected. No disrespect. None taken. Take a scorching and sit next to the loxodon. All right. You go and move straight to the... Uh, you can see that she seems to be sitting all by herself and she's sipping on a... Uh, she, she's got like this fruit that she seems to be sipping out of and she's just watching the dancer. And as you sit down, she just gives you an eye and a nod and then she continues to watch. Um, you can see that she's wearing this sort of cloth uh, garb but also this leather sort of armorish uh, sort of top and you can see that by her side there is a lot of hefty packs you can see it's sort of attached to this wooden bar that you know she probably rests on her shoulders. Can we see anyone that's wounded in here? Like they've been out and they've just come back? Roll a perception check. 14. Looking around, you can see that there appears to be uh, two human men in here, a loxodon, and one man that looks much more armoured than the rest, but none seem to be injured. You can okay. see that the guy that's heavily armoured seems to have this uh, reddish-brown cape. His armor seems to be silver, and you can see he's wearing a pendant around his neck, and you can see that he's got this graying, short-cut hair that seems to be shaved at the sides, and you can see a scar that seems to run from the top of his temple across his eyebrow. You see, by his side, he's got a pretty hefty blade. And he's not injured. Nope. I go up to him, and I ask, where are you off to? He looks to you, and he says, I'm staying here. It is what my task is. I'm Gorgonbord. Hello. <laughs> I'm Druid. I'm a paladin of the Keeper. Okay. What is your purpose? We are going in there for our own reasons into the dry expanse. Uh, yeah. I wish we upon did, your we, swift death. We just need to go in there. 
Thank and you. And may the keeper take you into his embrace. Are you the protector for anything that may come in here? Come back into this way? That is my role assigned by Auburn himself. Okay. Roll an insight check. Uh, that is 11. He believes every word he's saying. He seems pretty confident that that message has been gifted to him by Auburn, whether he's spoken to him or whether he's seen some sort of scripture or some sign that has uh, caused him to take this on as his mission or his oath. Hmm. He genuinely and wholeheartedly believes that this is his purpose. All right. Well, we're going in there uh, regardless of what we hear people saying. So what are we looking out for straight away? Some of the biggest beasts in the realm lay there. I've seen people come back with less limbs than they entered. I've seen them come lacerated, dehydrated, worn from the sun and the elements, if not by something worse. Many that come back are crazed. Mm. The sand sickness is what they call it. Mm -hmm. Because they haven't taken enough rations? Like they come back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, the harshest of environments do something to a man's brain. Not to mention the fact that this is the home of the hollows. Roll a history check. Uh, nine. Zombies. The hollows. Okay. Zombies. Lifeless ones. That's general general lore and knowledge around the whole realm that yep. you know. That they are in there? Yes. Okay. And the hollows are in, once you go in there, once we go into the dry expanse, the hollows are where? They mostly reside in the Dune Valley. Some call it the Valley of Death. But if you're familiar with Auburn's tale, the Dry Expanse is the home of his greatest shame. Us paladins of the Keeper are here to rectify his mistake and to honour his sacrifice. Hmm. If you are indeed going in there, you can do me a favour. Slaughter any hollow that you see. Oh, it'll stop me from doing so. <clears throat> no doubt. When they come through this ravine. Yeah. It says that they uh, reckon it's the safest way to get in. Uh, it just seems like a massive ambush point to me. Why Why do we do most of them choose to go through that way? He says to you, most choose to go through this way because it supplies some form of terrain cover. The dry expanse is, as the name suggests, expansive. You will be prey to any beast or animal. And you would rather fight hollows than the beasts? The hollows do not just reside in this ravine. There is a curse that lies upon those wastes. An ancient curse. You see, some say that any that lose their life upon the ancient battlefields of old in the dry expanse... They do not travel to Duros in the underworld with Auburn. Mm. They remain, their bodies hollow, as they did when Auburn left the battlefield during the Great God's War. So if you are to lose your life, and you have any funerary practices that you wish to have conducted, well, I say you farewell those wishes swiftly. 
or you will roam those plains purposeless until the end of time. So the stories say. He pats you on the back. Hmm. And you and you've been in there, or you haven't at all. You've just My been here the whole time. Here. Okay. Right. I was sent a message from the keeper to stand watch over his weapons. He points out the window to the two stone structures that go into the clouds. He rested them there as he left the battlefield all those years ago to seek his love, Mardol, when she was swallowed by darkness. That is a big weapon. Indeed. Mm. Big weapon held by the mightiest of gods. All right. Well, thank you for the information. Can I buy you? A, can I buy you a mead before I depart? I do not partake, but thank you. Done. He gives you a nod. I go back to the group. Like, hey, a tactic in there. Loxodon lady, are you coming or are you going? And and what what are your wares? She looks at you and she says, "My job is here." I am the water bearer. My name is Suru. Have you got any interesting things that may let the water last longer? Or do you just simply cart the water? As one who is, well, well versed in the initial terrains of the dry expanse, I and my companion travel into its wastes, find the springs and deliver the water back to the well for the people that reside here coming and going. It is a humble existence. But it brings me joy. So very necessary for these parts to bring that to the village. It is a precious commodity, that is to be sure. It's why in these parts, Raja allows me to drink for free. And she holds up the fruit. And Raja just sort of gives a nod as he's now sort of brandishing um, some new wares. Moving some bottles around. So there are springs sprinkled around this vast expanse? Not so much springs, but... Some natural formations that allow water to be held or some native plants that hold liquids that you can consume that will allow you to subsist for a longer period of time. And are there any specific water holes that we should be wary of? Any that is fested by hollows. You cannot drink that water, it is tainted. If you can see wildlife meandering around or tracks of wildlife, you can guarantee that the water area is safe for drinking. Thing that I do is I notice what the natives do. I make sure that they're drinking safely and in turn we are also able to drink safely from this environment. If it is a place vastly avoided by the natural inhabitants of the land, then that is what we should also honor. It's very valuable information. Gives a nod, she says thank you. I'll leave you to your watching. It has been a long day. Enjoy your rest. Can I go up to the old tabaxi? He's outside, but you can if you want to. Yep, yep. Yep, so you watched your fellow companions move into this building, but something caught your eye. The old tabaxi man sitting there on a carpet that seems to be resting on the sand. He's got very good posture and his hands are rested in his lap. You can see that his fur seems to be um, grouped around his chin to sort of form this beard that's tied up at the end in a, in a knot on itself. You can see this man that seems to uh, have this frizz of brown hair that seems to stick almost straight up. 
and you can see a beard that he is also possessing in, on top of his brown skin and orange robes that he's wearing. And he just seems to be moving around their camp and he's cleaning it up as this tabaxi is sitting there. Um, you're able to approach if you'd like. Yep, I'll go up to the tabaxi and say, hi, friend, I'm Morven. As he looks at you in the torchlight that you can see, his face is in a little bit of shadow, and as he looks towards you, you can see that his eyes are completely, like, blued over like people get when they're they're blinded. Um, and as he looks towards you, you watch as he makes these gestures and hand, and hand signs and looks towards you, and then you hear a voice coming from inside the tent that says, If you're looking for a conversation, you won't get one out of Silent Breeze. Uh, and who are you? My name is Grift. I'm a longtime friend of Silent Breeze and his caretaker in his old age. Can you communicate with him? I most certainly can. How did he become blind and dumb? He is by no means dumb. Incredible amount of time in the Dune Valley. The sun scorched his vision. Seems Idris was not kind to him. And you listen as this tabaxi just... At the mention of Idris. So he can talk? The tabaxi can talk? or He doesn't seem to. He just made a like a hissing noise like a cat does. Okay. What was he doing for so long in the Drax, man? He's an escapee. From? Um, you watch as uh, Silent Breeze, the name of the tabaxi, seems to make this hand sign and he moves a hand up to his neck and he like pulls on an invisible something that seems to be there. He watches Grift looks to him and nods and says, he was enslaved. Uh, there are slavers in the dry expanse. How much do you know about the tabaxi? Uh, how much would Morven? Roll an intelligence check. Twelve. You know that there are three, tri- four tribes of tabaxi. You know that some of them mingle with Lo- uh, Leonin folk. You don't know much beyond that. Um, so, no, I, I am quite ignorant of the tabaxi beyond the three tribes. Griff looks at you and says... Four, four tribes? Four tribes. There are four tribes. The Toph tribe, the Vavblain tribe, there is the Iskaros tribe, and the Roxodon. Silent Breeze comes from the Vavblain tribe. It is one of the older tribes of tabaxi in the dry expanse, and they are stuck in the old ways. And you watch as uh, Silent Breeze sort of makes another hand gesture and says, and he nods and he says, what I mean to say is the Leonans still keep the Tebaxis as slaves in the Verblaine tribe. And he was fortunate enough or unfortunate enough to escape. And upon his escape is where he found me. It's why I'm indebted to him. We made our way to the west, found our way by way of the, and he points to the massive rocks, landmark, and here is where we sit, waiting for our eventual fate. Why have you not travelled further? I do not wish to leave him, and he cannot travel anymore. He watches, he gives a sign again, Silent Breeze gives a sign, and this gentleman looks down at him and says, he just shakes his head. Roll an insight check. 13. 
he sort of um, pushed his little finger and his thumb together and then gestured like a shoe motion with his hand. You kind of seem like this is a conversation they've had before where he's saying, you can go if you want to, and he's like, no. Are the other three tribes friendly to outsiders of the tabaxi? You watch as the tabaxi shakes his head and then Grift looks at you and says, not to other members of other tribes. Silent Breeze here would not be welcome, for example, but some welcome outsiders. I know for a fact that the Rostodon tribe is in transition from the older to the newer ways. I also know that the Iskaros tribe is quite peaceful. Nobody really hears from or speaks to the Toph tribe or pride any longer. They're mountain-dwelling cats. They are... Some say they've been taken by some form of darkness. Master fishing for a name. Morven. Yes, we uh, are travelling in um, looking for a legend. As many do. People that go into there are either seeking treasure, glory, or lost tales. You wouldn't be the first, nor the last. Is Silent Breeze aware of any leads within the Dry Expanse of these legends? Depends which one you were looking for. He has heard many a tale, and Raja likes to spin his tales in the Dry Spell across the way. To travellers here and there, stories that he himself has heard from travellers returned and gone. See, we don't get much news here except from the travellers that pass by. Anything that's happening with the Empire, we're not too sure about, but in there, we have a general idea. Uh, We're searching for uh, Archaic. You watch as Silent Breeze snaps ahead towards you. And you watch as he moves his hands in a particular motion, but it's like a fast motion. And Grift says to you, He says that it is folly. He says nobody has seen or even heard anything but legends of an archaic for generations. He watches the tabaxi laughs like a a harsh coughing up a hairball sort of laugh, like he swallowed too much sand. And Griff nods and says, he says you will die before the next sunset. Why does he say that? And he makes another hand sign. And Griff says, He says by the look of you, you haven't spent much time outside. Now Brett Sunblock. He says, From what I've been told by Silent Breeze before, the Archaic is an ancient being. An old being. Do you have any leads, any guidance? Do you know where you're heading? It is said that the Archaic is a, an ancient being that resided here after the Battle of the Great Gods War was resolved. It stayed here in amongst the arcane energy. It is said that they are oracles. That they have both lived in the future, past and the present. They hold vast wells of knowledge. Yes, that is why we're seeking... This archaic. You must have a very 
determined question or purpose to do so. Yes, we do. So as Verblaine, uh, the Leonans keep uh, keeping them as slaves. You watch as uh, Silent Breeze pulls on his neck again the first gesture you saw. Mm. And he says, uh, Grift says, strictly yes. He says, the Leonan are native to the dry expanse. They are lion kin. They believe, well, some believe that they claim ownership over the lands as they are apex predators. Others in, say, the Iskaros or Rosadon tribe believe they are just a part of a larger ecosystem. There is some element of pride that runs. So another place to avoid. What of the orcs that reside near an early, the uh, early grave? You watch as um, Silent Breeze sort of makes a hand gesture and Griff sort of looks at you curiously, puts a hand through his frizzy hair and he says, Silent Breeze asks how you know that name. Usually people of your look know it to be called the Pit of Slaughter. Anyone from the Empire does so anyway. Uh, as I said, we're searching for the archaic and we've come across some knowledge. My question stands. You watch as um, Silent Breeze stands up, moves towards you. You watch as he makes a hand gesture again and he says, uh, Grift says, he insists that you tell him how you know that name. How do you know it to be called an early grave? You watch as this man, this tabaxi, his eyes lifeless, seem to be staring into you as he's looking at you. And as he approaches, you can see he smells like old sand, like he's ancient. Um, It's almost like fearful. As you get a closer look at him, you can see like wrinkles around his eyes, some patchy fur. You can see like some teeth missing as well. He's really old. I come from, I'm a part of a certain guild in Cadmere. Uh, I was given this information by them uh, along with this quest. He sits back down. He watches, he makes a sign and he says, Grift says, some cats among your party then. Among the guild, I believe. I haven't spent much time there, but it is a vast guild. He says, and he didn't translate from Breeze this time. He says, that part of the dry expanse is known to his people as an early grave. Any that go there find an early grave. Uh, why do people die quickly there? You watch as uh, Silent Breeze grunts and Grift nods. He says that is where many of the orc tribes, so, they oh. believe that they were birthed from the mouth of slaughter and that is their holy land. Yeah, so orcs are not friendly. Most are not. At least not in these parts. Yeah. I won't show you my friend then. <laughs> what is your interest in uh, Tabaxi I may know? Are you searching for someone? You watch a silent breeze, shakes his head, and Grift says, I don't think he is searching for anyone or anything anymore. I think that he is attached and misses his culture and his detachment from from it has caused him much woe. If you could convince him to make his way to Cadmere as a guild and he may find some of his 
fellow tabaxi. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know what tribes or whatnot they're from. No. no. Uh, I couldn't say where they're from, but um, if he wanted to make that pilgrimage, he may find peace. He says, we may make the journey before it gets too late for Breeze. I know he seems harsh, but at the very least tonight, you've given him a glimpse that parts of his culture is beyond expanded beyond the sands hmm. and for him I think that means a lot that despite his gruff nature I thank you yeah, more than nods back in the tavern Rango's just gonna stand up we're searching for an archaic any knowledge of this any local folklore or anything would be of great use to us. If anyone knows anything, please stand up now. And You watch as you say that and as you stand up and you're saying that, the dancer moves her way towards you, this music playing as it does so, and everybody feels this breeze within the tavern. You watch as everybody's hair, except for yours, Rengar, gets tussled a little bit. You watch as Braxton stands next to you and says, oh, you've gotten someone's attention. And you watch as she moves towards you and she sort of circles you a little bit doing this spin and as she moves away from you and begins dancing, she's sort of drawing everybody's eye. She's a very pretty woman as you look at her. Um, and she seems to be floating off of the air. And you watch as Raja sort of jumps up onto the uh, bar. And he says, I hear somebody would like to hear a story. And he claps. Everybody take a seat. What is it you'd like to hear, my friend from the north? Well, we've been tasked to find this set archaic, uh, whether it's folklore or anything, we're about to venture out and see what will become of us. Any knowledge you may have may be of great use to us. So you're going into one of the most dangerous places in the world and you're going in essentially blind. This... I have been blind before, so yes. And now you can see, it seems, but let me tell you what I know about this archaic some say, some say that it is a being so old that it saw the birth of the very universe, the coalescence of the energy, the balance that was forged. It witnessed and scribed each individual event in the great God's war. It witnessed the division. It is one of many, but none have heard of them since. One is supposedly beyond those swords and he points out the window to the rock uh, expanse again he says this archaic it is said it can be found if one can venture beyond their purest might he says it is said that when bones come to crumble and the unliving walk again that you will find the ancient one and that the stars will light the way. He says and looks around as everybody's sort of silent. You watch as the lights have sort of been dimmed either magically or somebody's gone and turned the oil lamps down. But you watch as he sort of sprays this arcane energy across the roof and you watch as these galaxy-like stars begin to portray across the sky. He says, Some tell... Of an ancient tale. Some say that the little bear guides and guards the archaics resting. 
Some say that a great warrior known as Orion is also his guardian and following his blade, you will be able to find where he slumbers. These are all stories that I have pieced together from traveler after traveler, information that has come through these parts. If you are to find any more, or if you are to find this archaic in the flesh, I hope you will one day come back and reveal us of this tale in the dry spell. After all, you're looking for something old. You ask something old. Why do you seek it? What question do you ask? Why would you risk your life and limb to chase a shadow? A shadow has become present, one that has been forgotten, and uh, we'd like to bring the light out and get rid of that shadow for good. A noble cause. A round of applause for our friends, and you watch as he claps alone. Nobody else cares, but he claps alone as he looks around. And he says, I wish you well. I really do. Survivors tell the best stories. And those that die, their stories die with them. So I hope that you are successful to vanquish your shadow. Because it seems that if you are not successful, we will soon hear about it. All your tales were of great use. Uh, We'll see what comes from that and uh, when we return we will enlighten you when I like when at this what would you be doing Barnabas I had the same idea of yelling but because I've got low charisma I was just going to yell at Bella (laughs) 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 just before you yelled you watch I was was working out the courage to yell it to the crowd and then I see him doing I was like oh good good done in the bathroom Barnabas is practicing like (laughs) (laughs) Everybody. No, no, no. <laughs> Come on, Barnabas. Come on, Barnabas. <laughs> you can do this. So as you're about to open your mouth to speak, you watch as Rengar does so and you just look dejected. Yeah. Um, I thought, we're, we're chasing this archaic and no one's asking about it. It's not some secret that we're... I thought, it's, but, you know, social situations weren't my strong point, so I was like, I'm not sure why they're all dodging around it. <laughs> Braxton looks to you as you're sort of saying that to yourself and he goes, don't worry. He enjoys the spotlight. <laughs> He'll happily take it off your hands. It's good because in a battle, he does the same thing. Once he's made himself known, everybody just wants to fucking hit him for some reason. <laughs> Got one of those faces. <laughs> he turns around and says, a drink, and he puts a hand on your shoulder, Barnabas. Yeah. This time, he puts his hand on your shoulder. All right. My shout. Free beer is always the best beer. Should be. I gave him a gold for one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And at that, he will give you a round and Braxton will have one himself. Can Morvan ask Salem Breeze about uh, Two Tower Curved Roof? I say I've... The guild also mentioned some other names. If I could put... Have some information or a location of these things uh, that may help me in my journey. Uh, he, He gives a hand gesture. And well, he, he yeah. puts two hands up and then curves his hands around as if two two towers yep. curved roof. He says, uh, and Griff interprets, he says, some people in his culture believe that to the very south of the dry expanse, there lies a paradise, a mirage, some say. But it is a temple of old nestled in the mountains. It is sacred. No tabaxi have ever ventured that far 
but some have made their way as far as the Wormspine Range and upon those mountaintops. At a particular time of day, you can make out two spires. What's in the uh, Wormspine Range? A place, he hasn't translated this either, this is just Griff's knowledge, he says. Wormspine Range, legend tells, is the resting place of the primordial titan of darkness's greatest pets. A world-eating worm. And where he was slain by Idris during the Great God's War is where that mountain range exists. So it's dead? If you believe such stories, and he gives a smile, it is a rocky crag. It is home to a vast amount of reptiles, insectoids. It is one of the few places the hollow will not roam. And the sparkling... Run? He says, the sparkling run, some people swear there is an oasis beyond the rumbly peaks. Is that the Two Stone Lake? He nods. He says, nobody from this corner of the, well, the continent that I know of has ventured there and told the tale. Some people from the south may have heard of it or ventured through there or crossed the dry expanse to the point where they've been able to. And what is the Rumbly Peak? You watch as um, Silent Breeze then maneuvers his hand in a manner that's sort of like a rolling wave and then he opens like a mouth with his fingers in his hands and he says, Griff looks at him and says, something vile resides within those caverns. Something that causes the very earth to shake. Something that guides the land beyond and guards it. There are very few creatures that exist upon that peak. And nobody's really nobody's really seen the beast. But the tremors from the earth speak to themselves. It is a vast danger, and children in Tabaxi tribes are told to steer clear. When the earth rumbles, the beast has awoken, and it will swallow them in the night. Morvin's just nodding and making mental notes to uh, add to his map later. Is the dancer still looking? Uh, She's scanning the room. She's not specifically eyes locked on you. But she danced around as I said this. Do we... Does he perceive that as she has some knowledge or that? Roll an insight check. That's a 19. There was a look in her eye. You can't tell whether it was attraction or an attempt at seduction to try and allure attention away from you as opposed to on her or whether it was just a display of her ability or whether it was talk to me later, I know something. There was something, but you're not sure what. Okay, so can I see... Does it- if we're there long enough during the night, does she take a break at all? Yeah. Okay. So in that break period, mm-hmm. um, Ringo will sidle up to her and say, uh, do you have any future tales to tell me or past tales to tell me for that matter? She looks to you and she speaks inside your head and she says, you're not the first adventurer that has come through here and attempted to get some information from me. You're also not the first to... Let's just say, tell stories upon the pillow. 
she looks at you and she says, what do you want to know? was quite taken aback by the tail of the, the little bear in Orion's blade. And I, I feel like that is a path that we may want to follow, but I don't want to be led astray as we, we have, have to get this information or find this archaic quite quickly. She nods and says, Orion was a mighty warrior of Auburn, a champion, if you will. Some say that celestial blood ran through his veins, and after he completed his great deeds on this plane, Auburn rewarded him not by allowing him to join the infinite battlefield in Duros in the underworld, but he gave him a place in the stars. Orion holds his sword upon his belt. She gestures and moves you over towards the window, and she says, On a clear night... You can see the constellation of Orion. And you can see where he was honoured by Auburn himself. He is one of Druitt's favourite heroes, points to the paladin that uh, Gorgon bought sitting next to. I have never heard of the little bear until it was mentioned earlier. Mm. It just uh, seems sometimes when you listen to these folk tales that there is some, some weight to them. So they all come from somewhere, Master do. Ranger. Now, tell me, and she goes and touches like your cheek underneath your eye. And she says, there is pain in your eyes. You have seen much death. When Possibly been the cause of some. When you've lived as long as I have, you're bound to. But in this instance, this has come from our own mistakes. So it's a little bit more personal. She nods and says, that can motivate one. But perhaps you should not be so hard on yourself. A good night's sleep does wonders for a warrior. And if from what I hear is true and you're venturing into the dry expanse, do not want to rest and be unprepared. And you watch as she touches your chest. And as she does, you get this like weight removed off your shoulders and you feel this instant wave of calm. Like a body high has just hit you. You're not out of your mental elements or anything. You just feel really, really calm and relaxed. She gives you a smile. Thank you for your information and uh, I'll take it all on board. And you watch as she moves out the back of this area you see, see her go into she opens this door into this uh, pinkly lit room you can see uh, tapestry sort of flood across the ceilings and as she opens the door through there pushes the beads across she sort of retires on a cushion there um, and you watch as she just begins to rest um, as the night goes on you watch as the Loxodon female eventually leaves uh, you watch her Morven as she crosses the, the alleyway through takes a check into the well of water and she you watch as she moves over to a tent that's opposite um, Silent Breeze. As she opens, you watch as she uh, she says something. Do you understand Orkish? No. So she says something in a language you don't understand, but you've probably heard Rengar speak it before, so you'd recognize it to be Orkish. And she says something in Orkish, and as she does, you hear this lumbering and this big grunt, this... <clears throat> 
And it's at that you watch as another figure exits the tent, a full-blooded orc that seems to have a scar that goes straight from the top of his neck all the way down and across his torso to his underarm. You can see that one of his fangs is ripped off and you can see that one of his ears has also been like scraped off with a scar. You can see he's got one dead eye and you can see that his hair is sort of matted and tattered together. You can see he's wearing this fur robe. He picks up an axe, slings it across his shoulder and the Loxodon female and that orc both begin walking in a southerly direction and you watch as they disappear over a dune away from the sky spire. Uh, at that, you watch as the night goes on and if there's no other questions. You watch as Braxton says to Barnabas, I bet I can drink this faster than you. I've heard your kind like competition. <laughs> no chance. No chance. You watch as he starts chugging. Roll a constitution save. I um, I'm quite sure I, la- I went our last drinking competition with your brother. He was not very good. A trait that does not run in the family. <laughs> 13. He says that after he wipes his mouth clean at the bottom of his jug and you having still probably a quarter to go, he says, I guess the stories I've heard about your kinds are true. Well, I'm a stayer, not a, uh, not a, not a peak. Just, just we can go all night. Well, it's maybe, maybe a competition more to your liking. Shall we, uh, shall we venture outside? What are we doing? Well, I saw camels before. I'm not sure what we're doing with the camels. I bet you I could ride my camel faster than you could ride yours. Your camel have a weight advantage. Sounds like fear to me. Buggy your camel games. I'll give you a head start. Good. Arm wrestle. <laughs> Let's arm wrestle. Very well. You want to put his elbow on the table. He smashes down another mead. Make an athletics check. Um, wasn't feeling very good. Ten. Uh, you watch as you guys are struggling at the midpoint. And at this point, you turn around, Rangar, and see this happening. And you can see uh, Braxton just sort of chug a beer as he's giving you an arm wrestle, holding it there. He looks to you, Rangar, and gives a wink and then pushes Barnabas's arm <laughs> to, the blo- to the bar. He stands up and he says, ah, two from two. <laughs> Perhaps we should have rode those camels. Not much of a beast of burden kind of rider. One day, you'll beat me at something, but not tonight. Not tonight. How big is uh, Barnabas compared to <laughs> Braxton? He's bigger. Way bigger. Way bigger, yeah. yeah. He's taller than Rengar. Braxton's taller than Rengar, but Barnabas is is way bigger than Braxton. Yeah. I, it was I, an off night. I look at Barnabas and just look a little bit disappointed. It's like, oh, we'll, we'll work on that. <laughs> <laughs> Braxton stands up and he gestures around to the tavern that's pretty empty now. It's just like you guys, uh, Raja the bartender, and two of those other human blokes, you can see Druitt has left as well, the human paladin. And he um, he sort of opens his arms like Rangar did, and he's almost like imitating him. And he looks around and he says, Is there anywhere to sleep here? Where can I sleep? I like attention, just like my brother. I throw, I throw. Braxton, take my bedroll. I've got other plans. He grabs it, shoulders it, and he walks out and he looks over his shoulder and he says, If you're going to do what I think you're going to do, You've got no chance. I'll put three silver on it. And he walks out. I look at Rangar, once again, blown away that Braxton didn't bring anything for this fucking trip. (laughs) (laughs) 
he's a uh, as I said, he's he's a different little leg that one. So I also don't put, you worry. He's well adapted. I also add coin to that pool. <laughs> <laughs> and at that, <laughs> roll initiative. <laughs> I'm I'm part of the things, and I'm entering the cushion yep. area. Yep. So you watch as Rengar moves his way through the beads. As you enter, you can see the lady smile at you. She's a air genasi and you watch as her, her short hair is kind of flowing as you enter. And as you sit down, she pours you a wine. She says, come for another tale. I have. I still think there's more to this tale. I still think you may not trust me enough to give me that information. So I'm here to prove my worth. And she says, you're ambitious, curious, and attentive. What do you have to offer me? Or my time is never usually free. I can provide information. I can provide some gold. Or I can provide a promise. She smiles and she says, I like shiny things. But the word of a warrior... Well, that is one of the prettiest prizes a girl can have. Do I get a sense of any... Roll an insight check. Mm. That's a nat 20. You get the sense of attraction, but also like she does this for a job. She seems like she's enjoying the company. Okay. She she also seems like a bit more moral morally upstanding than what a a woman in her perceived profession would be. It's almost like she's a she's like a, a companion as opposed to a woman of the night, so to speak. Yeah, and that's, I think, the vibe was. Yeah, yeah. An offer of a promise. She nods. She says, I'm guessing you wish to know more about Orion. Yes, I don't think that... It's coincidence that these folklores are here. I believe that that's the path we need to take. And as I want to look out for my fellow compatriots, I I feel I need to know more and be able to guide them in the right direction. She says, This expanse is one of the oldest places on the continent. Apart from it being one of the oldest places, it is also one of the places that has been touched by human hands the least. It is preserved in a state that no other place has been preserved in. Historically, it is rife full of knowledge. It is one of the fewest pilfered territories in the land, as no army will have it. There are many riches to be found amongst those sands. According to legend... Orion was a warrior that fought by Auburn's side. He died saving his life. His blade is said to reside in one of the tombs under the sands of the vast expanse. It is said this tomb is guarded by great beasts. A beast that will assess your it'll look deep into your soul it 
will test your moral fortitude. Tangling with such a beast will bring great reward or swift death. Orion was deeply honored and valued by Orban. He holds his most deepest secrets. The shame that Orban has as a result of the hollows upon this realm. That has been taken up by many of his paladins. Orion was also one of those that fought in the fight to vanquish them and send them back to Duros. To release the souls of those untaken across the river and into the underworld. This tomb that you mentioned is a weapon as such. Would it be useful in slaying the foes that may present themselves as the current risk to this? Orion slew realm. many foes with his blade. He was blessed by Orban himself. Definitely a blade worth having. But it's not just the treasures we seek, it's the information in the archaic, as I mentioned before. So if we are to happen across this, that would be obviously something we would pursue. And as you said, the beast will look deeply into us. And sometimes when you don't have anything to hide, a little easier. She says to you, well, he's in the stars to guide you to your archaic would it be prudent of me to assume that if he is Orion's, uh, if he is Orban's protector, that his blade, as said in the folktale, may be misdirection? There is some truth that you can take to the legend. The constellation itself, I have never been to that part of the dry expanse I've never seen, but I've had it drawn for me. I can show it to you if you'd like. If you could, that would be of great value. You watch as she magically points her finger delicately in this dimly lit room and you watch a star sort of spark everywhere she points and they linger. And you can see a general outline of a warrior with a belt that seems to be extremely emblazoned with three bright stars. Upon the belt, you can see three stars that seem to make up a downward looking sword, if you will. The middle star seems to be a little bit blurry and the top two seem to be quite bright. And she says... Uh, and as you look at it, it sort of flares and you can see the outline of like a, a grand warrior in armor standing in a proud pose. And she says, The champion who told me about this constellation said that Orion holds the blade on his belt. And if what is said about Orion is true, that blade will lead you to your archaic. Well, with that knowledge, I believe that's a path we need to take. At that, I might leave you for the evening. I assume you may be able to get your promise to me now or by other means. I can communicate with you in that manner only when I can see you. I'll leave it up to you to decide what this promise is and when it's delivered. Hopefully you live long enough to deliver it. I'm sure I will. But time will tell. He bids you farewell. 
And just nod and walk out. The night goes on. As you all begin to rest, you watch as Braxton rolls out of bed, roll just in the middle of the pathway, basically, that seems to uh, lead into the ravine of the dry expanse. As he lays down there, you watch as some people sort of look at him and move their way um, back to the waterhole. Would anybody like to do anything else before we rest for the night? To exchange knowledge? Yeah, I mm. was probably going to say I'd it. say that that's done. Done? Yep. As you meet, so we don't have to rehab. Yeah. Could Morven uh, look at the map and mm-hmm. try to look for this uh, Orion, before maybe even bed, look for yeah. a bear or a little bear? Yep. Try to... She clearly said... Baron Barnabas has a theory. I think the bear... Oh, what's your theory? No, no hollows in the worm spire rain. And then the, it was bones crumble startly the way, so... Potentially there can't be hollows there because they crumble. The range is the right place to go, in my opinion, and I reckon it might be uh, Orion's tomb. His blood is killing hollows in that area. And there was also a dangerous creature in the Rumbly Peak as which well, could be which god. so it could yeah, be the god, you know, mm. or it could be this dead worm, or if it is actually indeed dead. And the generally, like range. those creatures are like godlike. Like when they say they've Slayed or fallen, it's because the landmarks look like them or something like that. That's what I was thinking with the yeah. spine range. So I thought the range was like just as if well, big dragons yeah. slayed in the range. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we're thinking it would actually be this trim, the uh, Rumbly Peak where the actual tremors are. Could be there. It's kind, yeah, it's kind of like what you're saying where the legends are coming from the landmarks because they look that way. Mm. So you look at the, <clears> the swords sticking out of the ground. They're literally two rocks that point up past the clouds. We'll think that they're swords. Yeah. You look at the the spine range. You can assume that it's probably just a jagged mountain range that people say that looks like a worm spine, so the legend is born from that. Mm. Or it literally is where a dragon maiden died. So Well again, uh am I seeing uh Orion and his sword above either of these two, or am I seeing it on this map? You're saying yeah. when the I uh, shine the, the constellation on the map and they show constellations, can I Yep, Have so it. what I'll get you to do is I'll get you to roll an Arcana check to actually utilize the Octant first to gather the astral or astrological energy first. Yeah, uh, 16 plus 7, 20, yep. 3. So looking through the telescope on this Octant, you sort of move the boom arm just so and you arrange it so it's on the horizon and you guys watching Morven for the first time sort of moves this mechanical device in a clicking motion. You watch as this starlight just sort of filters through. You watch as he flicks through two of the lenses to make it less bright for yourself so you don't get, like, eye strain or anything like that. And you watch as this energy just begins to gather at the top of this uh, telescope. And you watch then as you sort of take it off and then shine that light onto the map. Um, As you do, roll a, let's say, investigation check with a plus, let's say plus five. Ooh. Oh, use inspiration. So you get that, your investigation, Ooh. plus five. What? I went from a one to a 20, so that was a good... Ooh. So uh, 20, <laughs> 20... Where are you guys doing this, by the way? Oh, just as we're sitting in our so, circle around. Around Braxton? Yeah. Okay. Well, so stores. 32. Did We maybe want to do it behind one of the buildings instead of in front of all the tents. Everyone's basically a bit of a Mostly. Okay, well, I'm keeping watch. Do I see anyone curiously uh, looking at us? Silent Breeze is staring at you. With blind eye. Cool. So we're sweet. No, I think he's, I think he's got <laughs> better. Do you want me to roll perception to see if anyone else is there? Uh, you can roll perception check. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think he sees more with those blind eyes. 23. He's looking at you intently. And when people speak, he sort of juts his head from left to right as if tracking the speaker. Yeah, I think he knows. You guys have that conversation as Gorgon Bort looks at you watching him. Morvan, you shine this light, this astral blue light onto the map. You can see that the map's pretty big. Yeah. And as you sort of move it across, it's almost like a blue light going across. You can see the constellations seem to be flicking through like there's holes in the page that are being and a torch being shone underneath. Yep. And you can see directly above the Wormspine range is a constellation drawn by Rengar in the dirt from you earlier from the information that you gathered. Yeah. And that was... It's the oh, constellation of Orion. Yeah. So you know now that that constellation astrologically resides above that spine. Roll a sleight of hand check as well with disadvantage. 316. Okay. So you guys, especially you, Rengar, would have seen as well. Silent Breeze stands up and makes his way towards you guys. You watch as he crotchetally moves towards you, gets towards Morvan, and you watch as he takes a swipe for the map. Now, as he swipes it, he misses because he's so old and slow, but he looks towards all of you and he's just like... (laughs) Uh, now that we know that information, um, I grabbed the map because he missed. <laughs> I grabbed the map and put it in front of his face, regardless of him being blind or not. Is this drawn by your people, by your tribe? He makes some hand signs. Does it look like those hand yeah. signs would say yes or no? Did we want to go? Grab? I'm going to scruff him and say nod, yes or no. You watch as Grift begins running over and he says, what's going on here? Stop, put him down. I'll put him down if you want me to, but. He's come racing over here and trying to. He's an old man. Put him down, please. He puts a hand on your shoulder. Grift, is this is this map from his from his tribe? You watch his uh, swift breeze. Oh, sorry, silent breeze makes the same hand gesture, and he says no. What's his interest Hmm. in this map? He simply wants to look at it. He says he could have asked instead of been so aggressive. He says it doesn't belong to you. It definitely does. It was given to me. You watch as he at you as he assures you it doesn't. You watch as he makes some signs to him as well, gives him a nod, and you watch as Silent Breeze just moves a little bit away and behind him. Grift looks and says, I believe he feels a connection to it. He is not, it's not from his tribe, but it's from his people. He sort of pokes a hand over, uh, Silent Breeze pokes a hand over his shoulder, and you watch as Grift sort of pats him on the paw and looks at it, and he points to the corner of the map, where you can see a paw print. Yeah. And then he points to the Iskaros tribe marker. Yeah. And you can see a smaller paw print next to the... Okay. Rostodon, sorry. Cool. Yeah. What right. does it mean? He says, the man that made that map resides there. If you need to uh, know more information about it, you can look... Yeah, at Rostodon there. or where the other symbol is in the top right corner. He says, that's a signature. Hmm. Okay, so map... Uh, cartographer. Cartographer. So this in it, the Rostodon tribe. It looks like you're trying to help old man, so thank you. He nods and he says... But don't be aggressive next time. <laughs> <laughs> he says it is his way. He says it was created by a tabaxi called Message in the Stars. That's a tabaxi's name. He nods and says they're all named after what they're like, I guess. Traditionally, anyway. If you meet any within the Empire, they have different names. Some of them adopt different names because, like you, they 
They see it as strange. If you would, would you allow Silent Breeze a moment with your map? You can watch him. I feel like it would mean a lot to him to view it. Sure. Yes. For a blind man, this seems like an odd request. Grift looks at you and says, he sees in other ways. Enlighten us. He opens his hands up and he says, I've seen this man catch glimpses of fleas upon the camel's backs within the stables. I have seen him watch a crow eat carrion across the dunes. This man has been alive for quite some time and his tricks far exceed my understanding. But you can see with more than just your eyes. I believe the feeling he gets from this paper is what he wants to spend some time with. If he can manage to do that in the course of our resting period before the dawn, that will be all he gets because we'll be gone. You watch as Silent Breeze moves a hand motion and he says, a grift says to you, he thanks you for your generosity. He must sit with us and I will not rest, I'll stay guard. You watch as Silent Breeze moves towards whoever has the map and just tries to take it again, like hastily. Yeah, as uh, in Gorgon I think I have the map, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, his hand's shaking, he grabs it and he takes it I and he sits it. down right in the middle of your tribe and he's just looking across it. Hmm. You watch as he gets his old finger and sort of traces along some of the writings. Whatever he gleams from this, we expect to know this information before we leave. I will run that by him. Rengar doesn't like old men. Well, call it the... (laughs) (laughs) Respectfully so. Call it the fee of uh, his uh, perusal. He shares his knowledge. You watch as Griff nods and says, your kindness is is well met. I trust him in your care. He moves, Griff to move back to his tent and the tabaxi man, Silent Breeze. You hear him sort of smiling and making that gleeful like, hmm. And you watch as he's like, oh, oh like looking over it as he does. As rest takes you, in the early hours of dawn, you awaken uh, Brax and Rengar. And as you do, he looks over and says, we're one heavy. Keep an eye on that one. Shifty cat. Mm. He has a book, our paper. He does. Just oh, He goes to get it back. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Let him have his moment. And upon dawn, we'll be leaving, but he may prove of use. Right. All right, Cat, what have you found? And he sits down next to him. You watch his um, silent breeze sort of like moves it away from him like a kid taking his own book. And he sort of sits down. I'm not going to take it. Get your sleep, big brother. Are you trance? In trance. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And at that, uh, the sun begins to rise. And you guys also awaken. But in the early hours of the morning, you awaken... Actually, all of you will to a kick on your boot, and Braxton standing above you. We've got some action here. Stand up. Guy wakes early. 
earliest riser in the party <laughs> gets first dibs on breakfast. Uh, Has he not taught you that rule? He looks towards Ringa. I don't learn much. Quickest eats first. I just do it. <laughs> you with the wrong brother. You watch as he looks towards the two spires and he says, something's going on. You watch as two humans move past you and they seem to be running toward the ravine entrance. They're going into it? Yep. As they're running towards you, you can see that they seem to be just regular humans, but you watch as well to your left. The stalls seem to be setting up. You see different kinds of fruits being laid out. But as these two run towards you, they seem to move past a rocky ravine and you watch them pick something up. And as they pick something up in the early hours of the morning, still dark, you watch as they begin dragging something back towards camp. As you look, they seem to have had the arm on either side of an individual that seems to be slumped and they're dragging him back towards the centre of town. Uh, I was interested in who was injured and coming back, so I'll run over there and, um, yeah, offer to lend a hand to drag him in. So, right. Just like so I can get a closer look of, of uh, who it is. As you do that, you watch as Gorgon Bork goes and gives a hand and the whole sort of community begins making their way out into the streets now. You watch as this individual sort of laid out next to the water pit and at this time as well, Barnabas, you probably notice over the dune, you watch as the Loxodon and the Orc begin coming back. They seem to be laden up with what looks like fruits and jugs of water. They begin coming back. You watch then as Raja comes out of the uh, dry spell. You can see he's got this dressing gown that he sort of does up and um, the individual whose name you didn't get, but the Air Genasi, uh comes out with a dressing gown on as well and they begin making their way out. You can see as Gorgonbort, you get closer and lay this person down, you can see that it is a human whose armor seems to be completely torn open, like literally. Like a scratch or like, like a... Like a scratch like, has occurred. Yeah. Um, and as you look at it, you can also see that there appears to be a large suction bite on the neck that almost looks like an opened, like a hickey almost, like a like a suction wound. Like it's popped. Almost like it's like a, pop, a popped boil or something like that. And as you look at it, you can see his face is completely blistered. He's dry. He's got sand all over him. He's burnt by the sun. You can see that he's also like his, his fingers and nails are like all gnarled back. And you can see his feet and boots are worn to nothing else. You can see that there is like burn marks across his, his pants as well. And there's just dried blood all over him. You watch as somebody pulls out a water skin, a guy next to you and goes to give it to him. And he just like begs for the water pretty much. You can see his lips trembling as he's being fed this water. Looking around Morven, you see the individuals. There seems to be Grift there as well. A couple of other, the three goblins are standing there, the three goblin females with their camels. And you also see a small boy that seems to be like bald and he just seems to be by himself uh, looking at the individuals as well. And he moves all the way over to Raja and just sort of holds onto his gown as he's looking and just sort of stands behind his leg. At that, you watch as he sort of coughs the water up, not having drank for so long, and you watch as he's like trying to speak, and you watch as the gentleman next to him, he says, shh, 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 calms him down. He says, we need more water, water. And you watch as uh, Suru begins uh, bundling over and pulls out this brown-looking fruit. She cracks the top of it, and you see this liquid get to pour in his mouth. You watch as they sit him up, and he's just sort of just barely conscious. And you watch as Raja says, do with him what we do with the others. Take him in. And you watch as they begin moving him into the dry spell. 
You watch as the individuals begin meandering back to their day. The three goblin individuals start feeding their cabin uh, camels. You watch as the small bald boy begins following Raja in. And you also watch as um, the only one that doesn't seem to be interested in it is Silent Breeze, who's still there looking at the map. What would you guys like to do? Um, I just want to take note of what that fruit was that they mm. cracked open. Yeah. It looks almost like a coconut, but with um, like a, a pear-like top, and he, she literally snapped that off. Cool. Just and so there's like a yellowy liquid inside, yeah. Yeah, we yep. can grab a couple of them. Uh, roll a nature check as well. While he's doing that, Renga's going to quickly run. So these are quite how tall are the cliffs there. So as you look at the ravine, each side is probably, one side's 40 feet and the other side's sort of 20-ish feet, the side to the right. So the highest point overlooking that, where they dragged him in from. Can I go run to there to see if I can see anything of what could have happened or whether it was just heat stroke or... Yep. Run your way up through the ravine and roll a perception check for me. What was your nature check? I got a 19. Okay, so looking at that fruit or whatever that was, you saw that it housed like a a root sort of system at the bottom, almost like spindly hair root. So you can tell that it is like a ground fruit that grows in the ground. So you're not looking for trees, you're looking for something in the ground. What? 18. 18. Looking across the ravine... You can see the waves of heat just sort of stop you from seeing too far, but within the ravine, you can see it sort of twists and turns into like a mountain range. There doesn't appear to be any wildlife, enemies. No movement. No movement, no hollows. Um, You look to the sky as well. There doesn't appear to be anything flying either. I'll run back. Uh, Who's there? I go to Raj and just ask him who is he and what um, uh, what was his quest out there? So Gorgonbort runs into the dry spell as well, and you can see the Erjanasi, Raja, and the small boy are in there, and they rest this guy up onto the table, and the two that brought him in now leave, and Raja looks him over. You can see him sort of looking at him head to toe, looks to the Erjanasi and shakes his head. As you walk in, what do you say, sorry? Um, uh, who is he, and why was he out there? What, what was his quest? He looks and he says, I don't know his name, but he was here about three days ago and now it seems he's back. He went with three others. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, the little boy, him and they're, they're together? No, he's been here for... Yeah. What does he look like? Okay. The, thing, the creature a, that they dragged in. He's a human. Was he's human, a, he's a human, human yeah. was it? Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. You can see that he has like this, um, there's almost like a mohawk, but like a fat mohawk that goes uh, halfway down, side shaved as well. Oh, I saw the arm. What's the, um, can I have a better look at the armor? Now it's all up close. It seems to be standard um, like plate mail. Yeah. And with the tear that's on it, like big talon sort of thing. Is that what it looks like? Or does it look like sword damage? It looks like, it looks like at the top of it, there looks like a pierce mark. Yep. And then a rip. So okay. there's a distinct hole and then a rip. All right. Because the slice isn't, it's not a clean <clears throat> slice, it's yeah. jagged. Whatever did this, boys, is... Uh, Do you three go in as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm actually going to, I want to go in and inspect the wound too. Okay. Um, I just hang in with Sullen Breeze. Yeah, I'll tell Braxton to keep an eye out more than and go in like, just want to assess the wound. As you're running away, Braxton says to you, you mean I got to stay with a bookworm? And I just, Fuck. I just I smile and look back at him and just keep going. And uh, Raj, this is a uh, this is a standard, a standard thing you see all the time. This this type of damage coming in, not this type of damage. They all come back in various states of decay. Oh, yeah, some with missing limbs. Okay, so but have you have you seen this? Like whatever attack this, do you think would be the same thing that does the uh, the missing limbs and all that other? I jargon? don't think so. This concerns me. Turns the neck to the side. Hmm. 
He says, I, in my experience, have never seen anything like this. Uh, Does Rengar notice anything upon inspecting the wound? Is there poison? Roll a medicine check. You're in as well, Barnabas? You run in? Yeah. Okay. 17. 17. Uh, Looking at the wound... You can see that there is some mucus around it. The the site, it seems to be sitting directly upon the jugular and it seems to be quite open as well. And as it pulses, you can see that there is almost like a film stopping too much blood from leaving, which is curious to you. Usually if something was trying to kill it, it would leave that wound open and it would just, it would bleed out. It right. seems like whatever this film is, has literally kept this guy alive. It seems like a like a mucus membrane. Okay. We would know anything of this. His eyes open. Are they like fucking? What do they look like? They're bloodshot and they have a yellow ring around them. Okay. Not like a glow. Is he almost look- like a jaundiced look? Okay. Is he? How could you make an assessment on whether he's got something in him? Maybe that maybe. As you look at it, there definitely appears to be like a hole in his neck that seems to go down into his sternum so something could have injected yeah can I peer in like yeah you can open it and peer in obviously Gorgonbort and Rengar you both sort of look at each other look at this wound having the same idea peel back the armour and as you peel back the armour and uh, basically examine the wound you watch as this guy just like ah like reels in pain just sticks his shoulders straight back and you watch as Raj just sort of hold him down the edge of Nasi moves back to back like 10 feet and like holds her mouth and the, the young boy with the bald head just sort of stands next to He is already hurt. Well. He is already hurt. Uh, so I'm going to, I've got something super sharp. I'm going to grab my dagger, just poke around, like just a little bit, cut open a little bit more just to see if you can see yep. anything. All uh, right. So as you open it up and you stab in a little bit more, you see him scream. Roll a strength athletics check, Rangar, to hold him down. You can have advantage because Raj will help you. And Barnabas, do you want to help too? And Raj, get the alcohol ready. Yes. Uh, what was it? Sorry. Athletics. Athletics. That's a 15. 24. Okay. So, Rangar, you're sort of struggling with it. And then Barnabas, you come up and grab both shoulders and just shove him back down on the table. He's not moving. He's very still. You watch as Raj sees both of you have it. So, he'll go and get the alcohol as well. You watch as he comes back. He douses your blade in this... It smells of thick alcohol. And as you sort of dig around, uh, I'll get you to roll a sleight of hand check. 14. Okay, so with a 14, you stab into this shoulder wound and you sort of begin maneuvering the flesh around and you can't see anything. You watch as it bleeds. And as uh, Raj just sort of moves alcohol and pours it over the wound, he screams. But you see this whitish, blackish, gray carapace looking thing just sort of swell and then burrow deeper inside this body you watch as this swelling just immediately goes up and through his chest there's something in you watch this as man he screams. right now as that happens and he starts to scream Barnabas you probably notice like three swollen marks on his belly just begin mm. to surge like he has the biggest belly ache ever guys he's gonna pop I think we oh, should get this just, man out of here <laughs> um, put him at the th- th- where can we throw is there anywhere we can fucking throw him that's not in like the vicinity of people. As you guys go to pick him up, you watch as the edge and Arcee and the boy begin moving back into her chambers. You say, um, as you as you begin to lift him, I'll get you guys to roll a well, how are you how are you lifting him? Are you lifting him carefully? Are you lifting him quickly and gruffly? What are you doing? Uh, quickly, and, quickly and carefully. I don't want to touch his torso anymore. So yeah. I'm gonna grab his hands. 
I'm going to tell you to grab his legs. Yeah, and we'll, sure. Uh, yeah. And I'm just we'll I'm, I'm actually Renga's going to like get ready Can to you just smack just... anything that comes out of him. So, exactly. Okay, right here. And, and we'll take him. Ready. We'll take him towards the uh, yeah, towards the two pillars, out. so it's just away from yeah. And just tell town him as clear. much as we can. Yeah. In All right. That where time, we can get to. All right. So you grab his legs, Barnabas. You grab his arms, Rangar. And as you do, I'll get you guys to both roll. Go with. I'm going to go medicine. While we're taking him as well, I'm just trying to see if he can talk. Seven. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a med- medical person. No. And I, my hands are slippery from the uh, from the rubbing alcohol. So four. Yep. So you both go to pick him up, and as you do, he is writhing around yeah. in pain. You watch as the bulging in his stomach just starts to increase more and more and more. You watch as one of it goes down into his back. Um, you Gorgonbort say to him what? Um, uh, just try to get some sort of words out of him, like uh, what attacked you. He he couldn't really speak before, so. As you say that, he sort of looks at you and he just screams. And as he screams, he watches this leg just comes out of his mouth. Uh, And you look at the leg and you can see this pointish like spider-like leg. And at that, I'll get you guys to roll initiative. Fuck these. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucked up. As we cut outside, you watch as Braxton's just sort of looking inside the tavern. And he's like bouncing up and down. He just looks at you more and he's like, what do you you think it is? (laughs) Do you you think he's going to die? What do you think attacked him? Do you think it was a dragon? What if it was a dragon? There might be dragons. Uh, probably. Uh, no idea. Do you Did ever you... get excited about anything? Uh, books. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say. He, he just sort of holds his hair. You watch as he pulls on his beard and he's just like, <clears throat> and then you hear a scream and he just sort of looks at you and he's like, come on. All right. I don't think the uh, sullen breeze has gone running. So off you go. Yes. And you watch as he backs and begins running in. I hate spiders. Hi guys, and thank you so much for listening to the latest episode, D&D Valiant Odyssey. In the future guys, if you want to catch up with us outside of the times that the episodes are released, you can come to our Discord. You should find the link in the show notes. If you want to catch up on all the announcements and keep up to date with the Valiant Odyssey action, then there's our socials link as well. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, we're there. Valiant Odyssey is growing and it's all because of you. So thank you so much for your patronage. Make sure you leave a review on your favorite podcast medium. We'll see you next week. Welcome to the Odyssey.